how is it that the person who's supposed to fucking set this up don't have a clue what they're doing? No, no. Uh, I don't know. Why, did you forget <laughs> to join audio? Yeah. So I was testing it for some time. I'll tell you what, my lips are in bits. I had that on Teams of a client the other day. Genuinely couldn't hear him whatsoever. Mm. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Are you? Yeah, let me get these ready up. All right. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to put my phone onto airplane mode, so if you need me... Just, put, just before we get know. into this, what order are we going to do? How's our week been? Because we always get a bit lost. Mate, it don't matter. We'll get lost. Right, okay. we'll yeah, just get lost. Just get lost, Pat. I'll go, no, in fact, I'll go a bit mean. last. All right, do you want me to do the opening? Is that my yeah. job? No, yeah, I think I, we I, can get into I, it. It's just... I want a bit more chutzpah from you, Brad. A bit more what? <laughs> What's that? Just a bit more pizzazz. Jazz hands. Do do jazz hands whilst you do it. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> and welcome back to the Talking Heads and Tails podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> I'm trying to work the timer out here. Hello and welcome right. back to the Talking Heads and Tails podcast. The podcast where three lads just ramble on for unknown amount of time, talking anything sport or any hot topics we've got for the week. Lads, how are we? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Thank good. you, Bradley. How are you, yeah. Brad? I am good. Nice and swell. Good for Monday, Pat. Arvo. Pat, how are you? Looking forward to a ramble? Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to catching up with the boys. Looks like um, we've all been up to interesting things over the last week. Brad, mostly mostly you being up mountains, isn't it? I know, it's like a weekly occurrence at the minute. Um, I've messed up for the week coming, but we can talk about that next week. But yeah, went to over to Jed's Neck of the Woods over in Dove Stones in Oldham. That's actually like probably the best place in Oldham. Well, it has to be the best place in Oldham. I mean, it's not that hard, mate. It's no. not Oldham, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Worth, Saddleworth, famous Saddleworth. for some really nice walks and the Moors murderers. Yeah, it's that did come, in, come up in topic whilst we were at like the, the top, the peak of the peak of the walk, and we were like, how's he, how's he and his accomplice managed to drag a body that far? But it's a bit, bit of a daunting conversation, really. It's a bit scary because, not going to lie, I was out of breath just walking myself, never mind carrying carrying some, car- carrying some weight. It's a... Uh, someone was telling me about, like, the geology of that area means that even if he did, when he was about to die, even if he did tell them where he'd buried the bodies, that, like, because the land moves so much underneath the ground that like it would be like the radius in which you'd have to search would be like mad because it's it's sort of shifting constantly over time mate he'd have had to do it in the pitch dark too do you reckon he'd even have a fucking clue yeah i don't yeah possibly yeah it'd be um being interesting interesting be an interesting doco wouldn't it yeah it would be an interesting doco is that our next uh Business venture. Documentaries. On, yeah, on the, yeah. On the Morse murderer. So after three episodes of podcasts, we're already looking into a new venture. We don't even release any merch yet. Mate, you have to... I'm not I'm not here for the small time. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm, here, I'm, here for, I'm here to be ambitious. 
it, by small time, are you referring to the comparison of YouTube creators compared to podcasts in the world? Oh, mate, did you see that? The discrepancy is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it made me think we've got a chance. Well, yeah, you'd imagine so. I think oh. the thing the thing with that, obviously, with like what was it, two point seven million podcasts and it's like billions I, of YouTube videos. Yeah, it's like YouTube's been around what now, like 10, 15 years, maybe. Yeah. So you've got to like, I don't know how long podcasts have been a thing. Like, no, but if you think like <clears throat> podcasts are just like glorified radio. Like, how long's Radio Four been going? Radio Four is just like a twenty-four-seven yeah. podcast. Yeah, so I think I think like to your point, Brad. Like, how old's a po- how how old are podcasts? I think like podcasts have been around for a long time, but I think being able to create your own content and publish it is like become more accessible. Definitely. Yeah. Or uh, have the podcasts always been around, but not been called podcasts? Yeah, well, um, just been called radio. Or has just rambling on with your best mates been uh, become more into the mainstream? It's come from Do people want to listen to this. Yeah, it's killing pubs. I tell you, this used to be a chat in the pub. Now it's a chat over Zoom. Whilst yeah. you now I'm laying in bed looking at a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is interesting. It's definitely. I imagine that number from two point seven million will two point seven million and one now, mate. To, yeah, we're ready to take over, not just take part. <laughs> But no, I think I listen to out that two point seven million from like three, four at a max on a weekly basis. It's, it's finding the, yeah, it's finding the time to listen to them too. So I think you pick your favourites and go from there, don't you? Like I think I've got I've got a couple that I listen to on a weekly basis, and then I have like a few that I like dip in and out of. So I like I'll be like, oh, that looks like an interesting title, so I'll like listen to it. Or I tell you what, I've got like a a small selection of podcasts mostly produced by Radio 4 that I used to go to sleep so I'll put them on and put the sleep timer on and I'll just get lulled into sleep so it's like, like... you beat a level podcast <laughs> yeah oh, let's, let's not aim to be one of those let's not aim to be a go <laughs> to sleep podcast <laughs> I want to be a walk into work podcast <laughs> yeah that's to work, drive into work drive home from work yeah yeah that, that's when I listen to mine like driving to and uh, we're walking to and from work if I need to drive and see anyone like I love it I love going to like client sites just an excuse to drive for an hour listen to podcasts oh, yeah tell me about it like when Next I lived week. in Cambridge I drove from Cambridge to St Albans which is nearly like two hours in rush hour every day just because I'd get paid for a little bit of it because you can claim part of your journey and then I could just listen to podcasts it was fucking class <laughs> it well, is good like Sorry, uh, sorry. sorry back, back on the actual mountain talk. Um, <laughs> with regards to that, so we were walking up the mountain and we were just like crossing over, uh, like a waterfall, like a, a stream sort of coming down. And this guy stops and says, Oh, been an accident up there. And we're like, Oh, an accident on a mountain could genuinely mean anything. It could be from a, a, a woman, like someone collapsing, or it could be an accident that you don't really want to be seeing. Sort of, yeah, no, or it could no, be no, shitting themselves. exactly. No toilets and all that, so it could be any sort of accident. And we're like, Oh, right, what's this? So, apparently, do you know there's a part of Dove Stones where there's like an Instagram spot? Do you know where yeah. people always take photos? And it's on like these rocks, and I think they're quite hard to get up. 
Well, they definitely are if you're 110 kilograms. But um, not that I speaking from experience. Oh, I mean, I looked at him and went, there's absolutely... I won't even... No point even thinking about how to get up. <laughs> the one thing I've got is my height, but even then, I just looked at him and went, no. Yeah, so... Obviously, I think one of them has tried to get up, fell. Apparently, he broke her arm, but then like she slipped down the mountain a bit. So, you should have seen Mountain Rescue. They were all over it. There's about... I think it must have been about four, four different vans. In the end, it's actually in the in the news that like, let's get a chopper out for it. So did they? Yeah, I think it looked kind of fun being in the mountain rescue. Like I think, like imagine if <sighs> made the things you see. Does look fun. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd see some pretty grim things. It makes you know, a good doco. It would make a good doco. I was chatting to my brother about. Um, like you know them, how look at them choppers when they come in and pick pick, pick like ill people up. What I didn't realize is um you know like you're not allowed to treat like I thought it would be like a like a mini like A and E inside of like the the the, the helicopter and they'd all be like rushing around and like treating them. <clears throat> but my brother was saying that he had to transport a patient in like one of them massive um, mountain rescue helicopters, and then. Um, the pilot was like, oh, if anything starts to go wrong, you need to let me know as soon as possible. And my brother was like, oh, why? And he was like, well, you can't, you're like legally not allowed to treat them until we've landed. So my brother was like, so if like a patient like starts... Cardiac arrest or something. Yeah, it goes into cardiac arrest. Like he has to tell the pilot and for four minutes, you've just got to sit there and watch the patient have a cardiac arrest until the helicopter lands and then you can get up and start like dealing with it. Is that because um, there's like no laws in the air? I don't really know. It must be. I mean, it must be a safety like thing. International like... waters. <laughs> yeah, above <laughs> yeah. five hundred meters. Just, you know? <laughs> I think it's more like I don't know. Like if you, like it sounds horrible, but like unless if you started you... doing like loads uh, of stuff. CPR, and yeah, like, or like knocking the um, helicopter out of sync. Yeah, or like, yeah, you just like spilt something or like something bad happened and a whole helicopter fell out of the sky. It's obviously worse than one yeah. patient dying. But like, I mean, like yeah, it's mad. I trust a lot of transport, but I think helicopter helicopters are a step too far. It's freaking out a bit, helicopters. Probably bottom of the list, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... I'd rather go I'd... down a sleigh in the snow than go on a helicopter. Yeah, I'd rather go up dust stones on a Segway like you did. What did you strive to say? 22 kilometres yeah. an hour. 22 yeah. kilometres an hour. Yeah. Pat, when you were down the hill. Pat, when you mentioned that, you asked it so ca- casually, I went, 22 kilometres an hour is actually pretty quick. Oh, it's very quick. Like, imagine putting a treadmill on 22 kilometres an hour. But the thing is, I don't know at what point it's clocked 22 miles, 22 kilometres an hour. Because I I didn't actually have it on when I was in the car. I literally walked. Well, it sometimes might, well, sometimes do, like, if you've popped into somewhere where it, like, into, like, a rook or, like, a little valley and, like, it doesn't pick up the GPS and then, like, it picks up again, it'll just see that you've jumped somewhere really quickly. I might quickly goose step somewhere. Yeah, you could have, (laughs) who knows? Did you see that Um, um, video of England women rugby league doing camp this week and somebody just went around with a camera and was just like, all right, goose step, just wherever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a video of just like random people goose stepping. It was actually quite funny. I, I had a lot of time for it. I think watching that people goose step, goose step is funny in itself. Because I think we should 
That should be our. I don't know if, I, if we came up with a campaign next week, but we should bring back the goosey. We'll get Jason Bass to be the poster boy of it. <laughs> Jason Bass <laughs> loves the goosey. But so then, obviously, I've been back at rugby training, and honestly, I, I tried to go for a run on Saturday just around the stadium where I train, and I couldn't couldn't even do like two laps of it. My calves were killing that much. Because the pitch we train on on Thursdays and Tuesdays is just it's like either proper like mushy or it's hard as nails. So you, you're not really getting good. The best of both worlds, there really is it? No, yeah, like evil. Is it artificial, Brad? No, like boggy grass or frozen then. Or frozen, yeah. But yeah, we... so so obviously it gets boggy, then it freezes. So it's not it's not freezing on a flat pitch. It's freezing, yeah. boggy. So you like ankles oh, it's grim going when everything. that happens. Yeah, yeah, absolute glass ankle central. That we train yeah. on four G, and that kills my calves as well for the different reasons. It's just so quick, and when you're not quick <laughs> like me, my Achilles has nearly snapped up ten times. Fortunately, you play rugby union because that's not really that quick either, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not unless it's not unless you're a speedy outside back, mate. Yeah, Patrick, people. how's your week been? What have you got back at back on the bike, back running? Yeah, back back getting getting um, some form of when I say some form of fitness, I'll yeah, I need to go back to the gym, but I need to be able to go to the gym and be able to last for an hour. So I thought I best get on my bike and uh, but it's been good. Like the weather's been really like I know it's been cold, but it's actually been really good here. Like I don't know about you boys in the in the northwest, but like. The weather's just been clear every weekend, no wind. So it's been nice to get out, actually. We've been going podcasts. Uh, just cycling out out, uh, out near the airport. Um, pretty sure I saw Alan Shearer the other day. Uh, like, sort of 98% sure I saw Alan Shearer. Why? What was it? Where was it? Out the back of Pontyland. But I think we were talking about it, weren't we? We are like, I don't know whether he was going to... Because they film much of the day in Salford. So I was like, well... How does he get from rural Northumberland to Salford in sort of less than four hours? Um, As a driver, I'm guessing. Do you reckon, do you, I, I thought maybe, do you reckon he gets a helicopter? Um, I'm not sure. It'd be quite rogue. But anyway, like the I, helicopter, I think... Would you trust it every week? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't, but back to helicopters again. But yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I saw Alan Shearer um, it was cold. He looked pretty miserable. I was definitely pretty miserable. Um, was he walking or in the car? No, he's on his bike. You should. Oh, did he? Well, did he give him the cyclers nod? Yeah. Oh no, I gave him more than a cyclers nod. I was like, <laughs> "Hello, give me a cheer like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's why he got it. Why he got it. Cycling yeah. with one arm up in there at all times. <laughs> Have a cheer or someone from 1930s Germany. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure I saw Alan Shearer, but yeah, it'd be nice, it has been nice to get out. It's depressing, though, isn't it? Like, it's depressing how quickly you can build up fitness and then how it just it, it instantly goes. Like, it just you back to square one. Like, you could spend months training and then have like two weeks off, and it just you just feel dreadful going back. Yeah, it's like reputation, isn't it? Only as good as your last job. That's philosophical. Years to build up can be gone in an instant. We've gone, <laughs> we gone at a Christmas party for some of us. 
I've got my actual Christmas party coming up uh, end of February. We're going to I'm a Celebrity at Salford Keys. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, it should uh, be fun, actually. Yeah, it should be. We've turned ours into a spring ball in July. Hmm, that's called a summer ball. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking <laughs> when they were talking about it. Not sure about that. Yeah. Where's your summer ball going to be, Jed? I don't know. They've only just started um, organising it. We should call it a holiday party or something like that, make it a bit more not seasonal. So if it gets moved again, it will make a difference. Because every yeah, time could be a holiday, party. can't it? That's worth this year's. Festive. Yeah. Jed, your week in review? Um, yeah, not much, not much to report. To be well, uh, yeah, not not anything exciting to report. I went watching my my mates play rugby on some Saturday. So they play in the um, Pennine Winter Rugby League Men's League. Oh. And what what a watch! <laughs> Those water and sponge. Yeah, no, honestly, at one point, one of the players went down injured, and then the uh, one of the, the old guy that runs the team ran over to the to where the water and medical bag was, and I was expecting him to just get the medical bag. He just pulled a sponge out and a bo- bottle of water, and trotted <laughs> over to the injury, which was on the other side of the pitch. Bear in mind, it was about three degrees. Like the last thing you wanted. I know. Was, I- a cold sponge on any of your limbs at that point. I was but, thinking this cold water and a sponge could be possibly the worst sort of remedy to any injury at that point. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's bad enough when you're washing your car. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you've just got absolutely leveled and some guy comes over and puts some cold water and a sponge on you. Yeah, How bad of RL are we talking? Are we talking one up rugby? Yeah, like, put it this way: first kick, first kick off of the game, kicked it off, broke, ran it in, knocked it on. <laughs> <laughs> there were about five kickoffs where they knocked it on. Like it, but everyone tried. You can't, you can never knock anyone for putting a shirt on. No, and I can't. Laugh Is that yet. what you're going to say? Is that what you're going to say to me on uh, March the thirteenth? Yeah, whilst I'm coaching from the sideline. Yeah. That'll be a good um, weekend. Um, on on the on the the sponge and water, Jed. Uh, what does your typical amateur first aid kit look like? Because I used to love, I used to love looking in it and just being like, "There's nothing in there that's going to help anyone." <laughs> All right, like, you've got to have yeah, can of DP. Yeah, priority can of DP, which is rusty at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Went out of there in 2011. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, has it even been Number- opened? Yeah. yeah. Number two is definitely like them eye wash things that you get in like any generic um, first aid kit that was bought when the like when the club first started that nobody has a clue what they do and nobody's ever yeah. going to use them. Do you know so, what I like as well? The um, the things that look like glow sticks that fill with like water. Aren't they that? Like snap the ends off. Oh, are they? They're the same yeah. thing. They eye wash things. Oh, that's what, I was, that's what I was. That's what I was. Yeah, that's you what I was talking about. I just assumed it were for eye wash. I love it I when don't they know why. When they've got bandages in, and you're just like, "What can you possibly do with bandages at that point?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then about. At the point, about like, seventeen rolls of lecky tape. <laughs> yeah, 
if it gets to a point where a guy who's on his first aid course possibly 20 years ago is getting the bandage out, you're going to go something. <laughs> if he's getting the bandage out, he needs to go to hospital. <laughs> he can't carry on playing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what else? Just like roll, just like the inner of tapes. Do you know, like when you go to the toilet and run out of toilet roll, and like somebody, someone was really guilty for it in our flat when we lived together in uni, just like leaving the uh, empty middles oh, of toilet yeah. rolls. Like te- first aid bags are always always bad for uh, empty middle of tapes. Yeah, they are. But the middles of tapes are always much um, like structurally much stronger than the toilet yeah. rolls. So you can't yeah, squash like thicker, them, so they it? take up loads of space. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of them, uh, them ice packs that you like crack, but nobody really knows how to use them and they never yeah. get cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You might as well like, just yeah. build in a plastic bag to your leg. Well, it's cold outside, and then, isn't it? And then the trusty um, box of Elastoplast. Yeah. But yeah. only the only ones they've got left are either like the massive ones with like a tiny little bit on them or yeah. like the ones that you put on like pinpricks. Great. Thanks for that. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, oh, and the tape's never like, it's never like good tape. It's never the width you want it. It's oh, only no. like that, the zinc tape. Or, or um, like really, microporous really tapes. Like the minute yeah. you like, the minute you tense, it just cracks and you're like, right, yeah. great no point wearing this and then having to peel off i don't know if obviously yawning uh story here but playing second row yawning you get lifted obviously in the line out so like i'll never forget like when we started doing lifting i think i oh, was it under 14s under, maybe under 15s like i remember that my first game of the season i hadn't done any lifting and training obviously um and the coach walked in and he gave me um uh, the some duct tape oh no <laughs> some duct tape some lucky tape and two bits of hose pipe <laughs> serious and was like yeah just put them on lad and I was like right I nah I, I cried and cried and cried taking it off I could have said all the leg air off the back of my um, thighs honestly it was horrendous. And then you had to get in a cold, obviously get in a cold shower afterwards. It was just awful. What's oh, the tactic with it. that? Is it not just getting in a hot shower, just let the, let the water get to it, and then it'll just sort of peel yeah, off? Yeah, that's what I learned over time. Just yeah. yeah. But like, I'd get home and still have stuff on, because I'd be like, no, nah, that's not coming off for a while. I think it yeah. used to be a thing in rugby league, like taping up your wrists and taping up. Obviously, the pads are a bit different, because it's not in your skin, but you tape up your wrist and then you finish the game and go, I didn't need to take that up and that's going to really hurt getting it off. Oh, there's nothing worse. Like, the backs of your legs part, as you oh. said, are so painful. It's horrible. Yeah, I know. But um, apart from that, again, at the game, one thing, like, what one person I felt sorry for was the ref. <laughs> like, he's given up his Saturday to go down and get absolutely abused. Oh, bad. Bad. Not not like bad as like we, when we knew in uni what the bad story that happened there, which <laughs> we won't tell for Remains legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was bad. It was funny though. It was so funny. I was just kind of standing there like, oh my God, rather not him than me. But it was like at the end, at the end of the game, like whenever the crowd called for something, just give it. Did oh, he? really? 
yeah, yeah. Was it like, was it bad as well as as like being shit as well? Like it wasn't even funny. It was just like, like because that's one thing I sometimes think. Like when we're at games, you hear people giving refs abuse, and you're just like, that's not even. It's just like it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no, like someone to be fair, like the ref, like he gave up his Saturday. I I get it. Like I wouldn't have liked to do it, but he was horrendous. Yeah. Like every single time they kicked off, they were offside. And then th- that's what they shouted for at the end of the actual game one, like the last <laughs> kickoff of the game. And I was like, come on, at least stand by your books and just don't think that rule exists. How much of a crowd was there then to um, convi- convince the old man with the whistle? About 15 people. Oh, nice. Loud crowd. <laughs> yeah. That's like what was the final score. Uh, I don't know what the final score was. It was probably about three tries in it. My boys lost, right. but they put a good shift in. Was he? Did they have like a coach and everything, or is it a case of? Um, I'm, I don't even know to be honest. I think the coach was running the line at one point and just flagging for everything. <laughs> right. When you just run the line, you should just do in touch. But he was flagging for offsides, high tackles, markers not square. Who was doing it all? <laughs> you've got to think though, when you say if you're unfit and you've got a ref rugby league game, it's probably one of the worst things to do because there's about 20 things to look at every single yeah. five, ten seconds. It is hard. Like, I think refing at any level of any sport will be hard because the refs just get dog's abuse all the time. Umpiring just... can't be too difficult. You just Are stood you there. Imagine if you gave someone not not like physically taxing. But like mentally tightening <laughs> the abuse you get. Like imagine if you gave someone out LBW and it was so wrong. Like I bet you've been on a been on the wrong end of a few howls, haven't you, Pat? Yeah, I think I've dished out my fair share as well. <laughs> I did one did one this year where um oh, feel bad saying it now. Um absolute pie goes up. Lad lad puts a knee down. I thought, come on. This is the Tyne Valley Amateur League. It's a friendly. Do not be ta- like, do not be taking the knee and trying to sweep this lad. Just play it with a straight part. Takes the knee, clonks him square on the foot. Apparently, he's edged it onto his foot. I've not seen because the bowlers run into my field of view. The whole team erupts. We're like absolutely smoking this team at that point. I've also opened the button and got a duck, but hey. Um, so I, I've spent more time umpiring this season than I did last season. Uh, so I give him out, and he was absolutely furious with me. Furious. Could you not hear it? He's completely lost it, aren't they? Um, but yeah, no, I've been I've been on my fair share for some. Once got hit in the thigh and got given out LB. Wasn't hadn't tracked them. I stood in my crease, hit me as like in, in my hip. You as in six foot five, Patrick Regglesworth for getting hit. On the thigh, oh, yeah. being given out LBW. Yeah, wasn't happy. Yeah, um, that's, that's not good. I mean, I remember one. Um, we were playing in a school final, and it was like the teachers refed it, and the other team were batting, and the best player who I played like age group against, who notoriously wasn't liked by many people, uh, like got a ball down the leg side, completely missed it. Our keeper got it. It hit his thigh pad. Everyone went up. Their teacher was like, out. And he was absolutely furious. Their teacher must have thought he was a bell end as well. <laughs> but it was he was like the, their captain. Their only chance of winning the game. 
and uh, <laughs> he got given an absolute howl. And then he got then when he got given out, we were all there, went round in a in a huddle. We're all like, yeah, fuck that. That was never ever out. And then they must have made about eighty an hour opening batters, knocked it off in about ten overs. It is bad. Like I think, like last season, I think they got to a point where one of the lads was. I think he felt so sorry for us as having such a shocker of a season that um, I went out to bat, faced the first ball. Um, this last runs up to me, balls. Um, and it like it just comes in really slowly, and I've watched it, watched it, watched it. I just played it too early, and it's caught my foot. And they all go up, and he's like, "Nah, not a chance, not a chance, not a chance." I got to the other end, and he was like, "You're a fucking plum, man. Can you just please start watching the ball?" <laughs> I, like, <laughs> uh, yep. so I was like, I knew, I knew I was out as well. I was like, "This is terrible." Um, but the the best the best cricket story I've ever, I, I think I've ever been involved in is we had a cup game not far from New Brad in Newton Lee Willows. Um and we took Keith, who's a bit of a club legend back in Colwyn Bay, along to umpire the game. Now Keith is like a seasoned pro. He's got like he carries the league rule book in his hand. You know, he, the special rules are written down for the cup. He knows the he knows the deal. Um, anyway, it starts raining and unlike it's looking pretty unlikely that we're going to win. So the rain's coming down, and he comes into the changing rooms because he's with us. And like one of our lads is like, "Hey, Keith, can like just just say we're going to do a we're going to do a, a like a, a replay, and they can come to us, you know? Like the weather will be better. We'll have like a better set of lads out. Come on, Keith, you know, just do us a favour." And they said, "No, lads, um, I've already spoken to them. According to the rules, we need to do a bowl off." <laughs> we all had to go out and do a bowl off against Newton Lee Willows and obviously lost. Um, and then I felt really bad, but then no one spoke to Keith all the way home. All right. <laughs> like, Talk me through that. How does a bowl off work? Um, I'm pretty sure it's a bit like a penalty shootout. It's a few years ago now, but I think what you had to do was nominate five bowlers from each team and then they'd have five balls. And then if it went each. through, you'd have no, no, no. You'd have a ball each. So like, you choose yeah. your top five bowlers. They'll all have a crack, and then you'd get a point per sort of wicket. Um, bowling at an empty wicket. Bowling at an empty wicket. Yeah, I think when you say bowling at an empty wicket like that, Jed, like yeah, you'd be surprised out of five lads how many people <laughs> didn't hit the wickets. Like, oh, it no, was... I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking it'll be easy. But, but yeah, so that's how a bowl off works. But it's quite it's quite exciting because you all line up at either end of the stumps, um, and like their team face your team, and you like run up, bowl, and then they run up the other end, bowl. Could you wander around um, it? No, no, you have to like bowl a, like a legal ball. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, I've never I've never been in a bowl off since. And I hope I never end up in one. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've never never seen one really. I've never played a game of cricket. <laughs> we'll change that this year, shall we, Brad? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think I'll be quite funny on a cricket pitch because we've got absolutely zero patience. Yeah, I think I might uh, be going down playing a few games at Newton Heath with good singer Alice. Well, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. You can, um, one of the lads at work, he, uh, for his stag do, he, well, like, he had like a stag do, like a night out, and I think he had like a weekend away with like his good mates. But like for his um for his like uncles and his dad got involved and stuff, they like hired like a village cricket 
pitch and like all of his mates and all of his family came and they had like a massive barbecue and played like a game of 2020 for his stag do. I, I thought that was one good. of the best stag do's ever. So that's yeah. what you got for your stag do? Part, part of a stag do, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we could do it in Vegas. I wonder if Vegas have got many cricket pitches. They'll have one somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, speaking of good Singerellis, he's part of one of the funniest cricket stories I know. Um, when he was, when we were in school, he went to a different school and they played a school game. And their team got something like 108 all out or something like that. Ellis opened the button and got like 103. <laughs> like, he's a good cricketer. But I think, like, he, uh, speaking to him about it, like, whenever anyone came in, he was just like, just don't get out and I'll do the rest. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> then everyone just got out and they were just like stranded there. But yeah. Um, that's... Is it not a certain point at like younger age cricket where if you hit like 30 or 50, you like got to declare sort of thing? Yeah, in school that wasn't a rule for us. Was it not? No, no, it was like at club, but not at school. It is a rule at club though, isn't it? I'm, I'm yeah, right. yeah. It, it depends. I, I, suppose, I suppose it depends on like what what league you're in, like what the rules are, but we always had like league games. It didn't matter, but cup games you have to retire at fifty. And then like in men's open age cricket, it's even in league games you retire at fifty, and cup games you retire at fifty. Even at yeah. men's, yeah, but like you can come in at the end. Like if if you hit fifty in like a cup game, and you're batting four, and then they get the rest of the team out, you can come back in. Can you come back in on your own, or has it always, always got with someone else? Well, yeah. So, like, if you, so, like, if you're nine wickets down, obviously, because you've retired, you're like, there's no more batsmen left, so you can go in as the tenth wicket again. That's and, like, carry on batting. Nice. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up from my week is I've been watching. I'm currently four episodes down of season two of Cheer. Have either of you watched it? We can. We will. We must. I have watched, so, topic here, my partner used to be a cheerleader at Leeds Uni, yeah. so. He's at the Navarro College of uh, Book University. <laughs> of Yorkshire. In Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> Navarro I mean, College she, in Yorkshire. To be fair, she said they did win, but you could say anything, I won't be able to check. <laughs> there's no fact-finding <laughs> or, <laughs> there's no cr- cross-checking and sort of references. That would be some serious Dioran. Yeah. Serious Dioran. Um. Sorry, Sit. She's mad keen on it. So I watched the first, I watched the best part of the first series, and I'm one of them. If, if if she's got it on, I'll just sit and watch it, but kind of be like doing your half and half watch something. But yeah. it is, it is some serious, serious episodes of, of like sports documentary, in it? I yeah. think it's so impressive. Oh, I mean, like, it's mental what they put like their bodies through. And like how unreal Nick they're all in. Yeah. Like I think how like, strong must he be? They're all the same though, aren't they? Like the girls are all probably between what four foot eleven and five foot four, five foot five. And the yeah. lads are all jacked, quite heavy guys. Not, not all of them, but they are like oh they're all heavy. I was saying to like Georgia the other day when we were watching it, like surely those lads like must be careful sometimes. Because if there's like three of them hoying them up in the air. These girls must be like what fifty kilos? Like, like you surely they'd have to be careful, like throwing them too hard and like 
It's a skill on both parts, isn't it? Because there's one part, is, is she called Maddie, where she normally does girls at the weekend, but where there's like three underneath her. So there's like a triangle. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they were saying how when it's lads, there's only one underneath and she can't really get the balance. Like, the balance of them on top's freakish. And the guy and the, the people underneath holding them up is also just out. It's outraged, isn't it? Yeah. Like, imagine imagine holding a bar on its single end, like a 40 key. Like, imagine putting 40 keys on a bar. And then, and then, like someone purposely trying to tip it off balance, and then you've just got to like hold. It'd be mad, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like clean and pressing, like an Olympic bar with two, two like fifteens either side, and but doing it without even swaying or. Yeah, it's nuts. I think, I think one thing that I, I find um, quite interesting is like I know they get injured and stuff, but like there's there's have you seen the one like the movement where. Like the girl like tumbles off the top, and then like one of the lads grabs her legs, and one of the like the the lad at the front like grabs her arms, and they're like behind her above her head. And, oh like, yeah. There's a couple of times where they just like face plant the floor. Like I just don't understand how like like they don't get their ribs broken and like broken noses and stuff. Like it's mad how. I, I, it's impressive how I don't know whether you just don't see it on the documentary, but like they must get some pretty bad injuries. They must get bruised to fuck. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean even just like the tumblers, yeah, that is just so impressive. Never mind doing it at speed and all the stunts and just like the the dedication it must take. I mean, like they were all absolutely fucked all the time. But <laughs> one one thing that I didn't, oh well, I don't actually know if it was in season one, but this might be controversial because I know they're not the main team. But um, Trinity Valley. The rivals are proper like the coach of that in season. Yeah, so he seems a proper good bloke. The guy. What? Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't know whether it's filmed purposely to do it, but like I can't help but think Trinity Valley are like in better nick for it. Like when, like the first few episodes, like it just looks like they're doing loads of conditioning work yeah. and like loads of fitness work and stuff. Where it just looks like in Navarro, they're just constantly doing like skills and. Gym well, they, they mentioned it, didn't they? So, do you know, like the choreographer? Have you got oh, some yeah, part of the choreographer who yeah, yeah. Navarro was saying that them guys aren't fit enough to do a choreography to the standard of Navarro because they're not fit enough. So that's why I think they put they kind of like put all the eggs in the basket of make make it look like these guys are doing fitness all the time. But then, like even when they were doing the test runs, Navarro weren't like, well, it's, well what, what's head coach called? Monica. Monica. Well, she was never happy. Well, she's never happy anyway, but she wasn't happy, was she? Even, like, towards the end. Nah. And and, and have you finished it, Brad? Uh, I think I missed, like, the last two episodes. I think Elle just watched them. Right, okay. Like, because... Yeah. I suppose when... Jed, I suppose... I don't know if you know the result then. Like, Jed, no, do you think... No, do you think... Do you think Navarro win or do you think Trinity uh, Valley will? Well, I don't know. Like, I think it's either been made to make it a better watch because Trinity Valley, like, it's nice seeing both sides of the coin a little bit more, or there's more focus on Trinity Valley because they win. So that's like, they're the two things that I'm thinking. But I mean, either or, like, what one thing I would say is I think it's a very well made doco. Like, oh, yeah, it is good. Very well made. Like, and and I've not got up to the episode about Jerry, but 
I'm interested because obviously I've seen in the news that he's not a good bloke. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how they do that and how they approach it. But like, it's just such a rogue thing, cheerleading like of a junior college in like America. So it, I mean, I just want to know like what other sport, sports docos would you like to see? Just like of rogue things, like I think one of darts would be good like if you follow like the dart circuit like or maybe well, they the, did it on like the world championship like behind the scenes see how they prepare because well i think that would literally would be watching an overweight man throw a dart at dartboard for an hour straight because that is literally there they do no but like yeah, the, but... Psych- the psychology behind darts must be absolutely crazy no, I, I think I, this I, is I, where, like, I don't think it'd be, I, I understand where you're coming from because obviously it's a massive sporting event in the, the build up to the world championship. I think if you did like it on the world championship specifically, you just went through the rounds and like built it all like that, like fo- following, um, following that Geordie lad, this, this, when he went on oh, that Chris. run, yeah, yeah, that would have been classed if he did like a doco on that, yeah, but I, that's a good shout. I think any of them are good shout though, like because I think as long as you've got like the right people making it, like I suppose that's what you mean, like as a, what you're saying about like Navarre, like who would have picked like a random town and yeah Texas, like you look at like yeah you look at docos like Sunderland till I die things like that, like you look at the story behind it and you're like oh that doesn't look that interesting, but like when you get when you're watching it because it's been so well made you get yeah. stuck in, so I think like it's not necessarily like a darts thing. I think as long as it was made right and like they spoke to the right people and it was structured in the right way, it could be, I think you could make anything look like you make any sport really interesting. Yeah. Like I know, um, like we're big, like rugby league lads and like, even like the Kevin Sinfield documentaries of the two, like obviously the seven in seven, they did a documentary on that. And the Sky Sports have released one about the hundred mile run. Cause it's so well made and it's got, it's like, Obviously, so vibrant and it's such a big meaning. I think with that one mainly because there's a big meaning behind it. It's just actually it encaptures like the big sort of picture of he's he's only running, but obviously he's doing hundred miles in um, twenty four hours, so it is crazy. But it's still good good watching it. It is, yeah. Like I was reading a story earlier on the BBC Sport website, and it was like, and it, I was thinking about the the, the documentary thing, like, oh, what what could you make? a good documentary out of and there's like a lady with terminal cervical cancer who's just rode across the Atlantic it's taken her like 42 days and she's done it with two mates and like they've done two hours two two hours on two hours off the last like 44 days or something silly Um, mental and like imagine just putting a load of GoPros on that like little tiny boat like at one point it said in the article at one point their little boat was getting tailed by sharks and they're just there, like rowing. Yeah, I've like, watched a documentary on someone rowing in like crazy weather, but I'll I'll have to do a bit of dioring and find it for you. But I think sports documentaries are some of like some of the best documentaries out there. Like I'm, yeah, like even just like Drive to Survive, how that's made me such a big F1 fan now is yeah. beyond belief. I tell you, it's not technically a sport, but I t- I, there's a documentary that 
I think would be really good. Have you seen um, there is a young woman who's just flown around the world in a single prop? Oh, the room. She's like 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. Like, if you read, like, the all the stops she took and stuff, like, she got stuck in, like, remote, like, she got stuck in Siberia or something for, like, three weeks and everything was a minus not, 40 not and stuff. you want to be stuck. No, definitely not. So, like, I don't know. I think I think there's loads of good stuff out there. Like, I've been watching, um, have you been watching Green Planet? No. Oh, there's some mad stuff on there. We will check that out. We'll have to talk about that another time. But you should watch it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do a um, talk about going back to like documentaries you'd like to see. I think doing a documentary on like a specific World Cup in like say, imagine the doing a rugby league World Cup documentary and like covering the different nations and like obviously you've got all the Pacific like Islands style. Yeah, but just doing it on this like one sort of tournament, saying so you'll touch on like the Pacific Islanders, all their like background, their stories. Yeah. Then hopefully England win. But I think, I think some, that would some of that would be class. I think that would be good for um, loads of massive sporting events. Like maybe not some of the like biggest ones, but like I think for like rugby world cups, Olympics, it would be quite cool because you like you know they have like the the team in the Olympics that are like made up of refugees and things. Like you yeah. could just you could like you could actually you could follow the story of the refugee Olympic team. One thing that I'd like is have you seen the Jamaican bobsled team have actually made the Winter Olympics? Have they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like they've also got like an alpine skier. I don't know if it's Olympics or Paralympics that they've qualified in for the skiing. Um, But it would be cool to see, to kind of see them as a bit of a homage to obviously like cool running is a bit of a bit of a popular film. So imagine if they'd actually did a documentary on them because I'm sure like all Jamaicans they just have like really good charisma and are always you know like yeah proper proper easy going just vibrant aren't they yeah yeah so I think that'd be cool so if you had to nail down your favourite favourite sports documentary what would you say I mean it's a tough question and I did it obviously with, with I have given it a bit of a bit of thought I want to give a few mentions the all or nothings on Amazon, I think, are class. Like, who follow the team, the NFL ones. The Cardinals ones is pretty good. And the Rams one is now quite good because they bring Sean McVay in at the end. So, like, it was when they hired him. So, that was good. Take the ball, pass the ball about Pep Guardiola at Barca. If you've not watched that, that's on Sky Documentaries. That is a mental documentary. You have to have a bit of patience because it's all in Spanish. But the... <laughs> Like the thought process and like the mentality of Pep is just like like mind blowing. Yeah, he's like a generational freak, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that all they are all or nothing in the city when he's like, oh, imagine a boy, a ball boy, watching the club he loves, plays for the academy, then plays for the first team, and then coaches them, wins everything, changes football, dominates the world, and then he just goes, "That was me." <laughs> <laughs> Class. Like and it's just absolutely crazy. I think it's funny because Pep Guardiola is so 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 good at managing. He's built his career like everyone thinks he's built his career off managing. They underestimate how good of a footballer he actually was. Yeah, and like because... what he actually won and where he was 
when he played football. It's like he's just he's like generationally just I think like one of the, he's definitely one of the best managers ever for me. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think he could do a job at Watford if they hired him now? They've just yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Like just immediate. Like, do you think he's that good that he could just like a meet? Like Sean, let's say Sean Dyche just been sacked at Burnley, bottom of the league. Do you think that Pep could like immediately step into that job and make a difference? No, not immediately. I think because when he first came to City, it wasn't immediate. It takes like if, when City sign players, like look at Jack Grealish. He doesn't. They don't just snap into the Pep Guardiola mode of how to play football. It takes them like six to eight to twelve months to properly fit in. And then you always judge him on like the second season there. Like Jack Grealish this year, he's been he's played all right. He's like scored a few goals, made a few assists, but he's been nothing compared to what he was at Aston Villa. But watch him next year, and you go, "Geez, he's like that." They, he takes him to the next level on like the second occasion because he he has to build. He has to like he like breaks you down, then rebuilds you. That's that's what I think anyway. Do you think that only reserves him then for like like? Top top tier clubs in Europe, then, like you know what I mean? Because like, how many clubs are gonna have the time to give a manager like him a couple of years? Like, well, like you look at Liverpool when when Jurgen Klopp took over, like Jurgen Klopp's like another one of these who's an unreal manager. When he took over at Liverpool, they were celebrating two two draws with against West Brom at home in front of the cup. Uh, you can tell you're an Everton fan with that knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but he was. I think it was <laughs> that's, that's come straight off an Everton Reddit yeah. page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like for all these great managers, it's not an overnight thing. Like Klopp to do that was just building sort of like a culture in his in the squad of we're celebrating this now, but think about it when we celebrate. Obviously, they won the Champions League, they won the Premier League behind closed doors, so it don't really count. So. So what's your top spot? Uh, what's your top three then, Brad? Jed's got to finish, is he? <laughs> we, we, we touched on Pep Guardiola and we went on a bit of a rant. So. Yeah, and they, they oh, were just mentioned. Not they weren't even in the top three. <laughs> so, finished. Right. Oh, mate. Top three. <laughs> we won't talk about these in depth. Uh, no particular order. The Test. I hate the Aussie oh. cricket team, but the Test documentary on Amazon is unreal. Like, so fucking good. And not just because the first episode special, like focuses on the one-day series to England when they got absolutely twatted 5-0. That's a great watch. <laughs> Definitely a good watch. Uh, number two, Drive to Survive. I know we touched on it before, Brad. Love it. Like, got me into F1 massively. It's so well made. Love how it focuses on all the different teams as well. And then, um, I think the best sports documentary ever for how it's made and for the story it tells, The Last Dance. Oh, I was just thinking about that. Oh, I'm going to have to rethink my top three now, but that's that, fine. Just how that's made and just the story it tells is just absolutely insane. It oh, is. Uh, Brad, there's no denying that. Yeah, no I think you... Like, uh, yeah, you, you I kind had of trumped well. Yeah, well, I probably would have it. Do you know what I would? I think probably... I touch on first one that I'm probably disappointed with or I thought could have been longer, and that was 14 Peak. I thought, do you know Nims Perger climbing yeah. the mountain? Have you seen it? I've no, seen not, it. But I think we briefly mentioned it last week. 
yeah, well, again, he's another ridiculous talent. And I just don't think they touched on it enough. It was just like, what, a one hour, an hour and a half documentary and I'm on a lad climbing the 14 highest peaks in the world. I think it probably should have been given more sort of focus, but I think that was a case of them not picking it up until he did it or after, but we don't know. Um, yeah, I think probably because how it's changed my sort of mindset on watching the sport, it, I'd probably say Drive to Survive probably peaked up just uh, the last dance simply because I couldn't even watch a lap of F1 and now I'll literally watch it Thursday through to Sunday on a religious basis every every week it's on I think just the impact it's had on me watching it that's I can't really say it's not not sort of probably my favourite favourite sports yeah. documentary what's going on have you got a third or was it your third 14 peaks um, do you know what I really enjoyed and this was probably like towards the back end of uni um I like the last chance you. Do you know the but the, oh, the yeah. American the American football one, especially that is literally scraping the barrel of. It's kind of like your Navarro cheerleading of. Yeah. Obviously, American football is a massive sport, so it's not like niche, but the how they in particular picked that squad or that that college to go to and build that sort of story. I think the first two seasons probably where it peaked. Yeah, I remember um, the, the first two series, that coach was just like an <laughs> absolute, absolute. He's never seen a vegetable in his life. Yeah, just like, didn't you like throw a chair at someone at one point? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He used I, to drive something daft like four hours there and back like to work a day. It was yeah, daft. That's just that part of America though, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think that documentary is, although it's based on the sport, it just opens so many insights into America of, you go rural America, anything can be happening. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that's probably mentions? third. Uh, not, not off the top of my head. Um, Pat? Yeah, so I think, like, by going first, Jed, you've absolutely had us all here. Like, last chance you, I think, is like, definitely my top, one of my top three. But I, you've given me an opportunity to think about it. I think... Uh, in my sort of in, in a couple of mentions I think Last Chance you, I actually disagree with you Brad I think Last Chance you basketball was was a better series but I'm more interested I, I suppose I'm more interested in basketball so I thought I, I thought it was pretty good um, 14 Peaks I think I watched that over Christmas that was unreal uh, and then sort of my top three top three Yeah, go on then. Okay, so my, my top three are probably one to mix it mix it up a bit. There's a film called Icarus, which is yeah, about a guy yeah. who unsuccessfully tries to dope his way into a, a sort of cycling um, event, uh, which I just think is interesting. Like I know that cycling's got like professional cycling's got absolutely slated by. Um, like doping claims and stuff but like it's not like these guys are just like popping pills and like becoming superhuman they are already like virgin on superhuman in terms yeah. of like athleticism it's quite it's quite impressive like i was watching some of that stuff so i think that that's top three um and then my other two are i've already mentioned it a couple of times but i think sunderland till i die like 
which on the face of it as a Newcastle fan, you'd be like, why, why, like, why would you find that interesting? But it's actually like, it's very, very interesting um, documentary and I'd recommend it to anyone. And I suppose as a Newcastle fan, there is a little bit of dark humour because season one's like, oh, we've just been um, just been relegated from the Premier League, you know, we rebuild now, we build stronger, we go back into the Premier there. League. And then by the end of the season, they're like, shit, we're going to go down into League One. Um, so that's quite funny. Are they um, still in League One? Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I suppose the top spot for me is, um, and it's, is it a documentary? It is a documentary, but it's not like done in any sort of like eye opening way, but it's just dead funny and it's got absolute legends of the games in it. Uh, the Lions tour 1997 to South Africa has um, some like some of the funniest moments you'd like like tour moments you'd ever expect from people who were like professional athletes like Keith Wood like all the lads who commentate on rugby union now are on it and it's dead funny. I've never watched it. I mean, I probably should do. So like I think one like this is quite sad actually, but I haven't played sport for a while. I, I played obviously played a bit of cricket, but like. For a long time, I used to listen to some of the speeches, uh, like the pre-game speeches from some the of captain? the guys. Uh, at the, I, they rotated it a little bit. So, like, I think the, the, the speech that I listen to quite often is the the Keith Wood speech um, yeah. about like his Lions moment. And I think they what they do is like they rotate the team talk as well. So it's not the same guys, but um, who who did it? I don't know who was captain that year actually. Um, but but there's there's like a few rugby league lads that went as well. Um, Robinson. Yeah, but Ian Benson went. Ian Benson. Yeah. No. Ian Betts. No, did he play rugby? Um. Are you thinking of Dennis Betts, a witness coach, or the ex-witness now Newcastle Thunder coach? Oh yeah, Dennis. Is, is that the tall? when Doddy Weir gets questioned if he was on a night out by the press <laughs> and then he says something like mistaken identity. <laughs> yeah. He's a great bloke. I mean... He is a great bloke. Obviously, the work he's doing for MND along with Rob Barrow. Shout out. Massive. Great, great work. But Sorry. he just seems such a funny bloke. Has he got M- MND himself or...? Yeah. He has. Oh, has he? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I just touch on... Joe regarding like, these sports documentaries, it's been with quite a few, you know, based on like around corruption and stuff. Has anyone seen the um bad sport documentaries on Netflix? That, I think no. Well, I've watched the basketball one and I watched part of the football one, but but I kind of when that was happening, I was quite a big event weirdly when I was younger, I used to love, love like football, so I was a big Juventus fan anyway, so I kind of knew what was going on. But the basketball one is mind blowing. Obviously, it's a yeah. lot of like he said, she said sort of thing. But this guy, it's just about this guy who pretty much takes like underhand bets because he was skint. But he he had a chance of literally going to like the NBA, but got caught cheating. So it was like it is good. It's, I I definitely like give it a watch. I want to watch enough... them. Go on. No, go on. I want to watch the man who stole cricket, or the man Ooh. who bought cricket, or something like that on Sky documentaries. That looks interesting. It's about someone who basically bought up a twenty million dollar prize, but for a cricket tournament, when it all came from 
illegal money. It was all illegal money, and they were just trying to wash wash the money somehow. Wow. And then... I could do with someone buying the England cricket team and knocking some sense into them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good way to, to segue into um, <laughs> how 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 they've been getting on in their T20 uh, matches. Well, not not well to begin with, but seems to be improving. Did they play today? No, last night. Did either of you watch it? I, I watched didn't, I must admit. Parts of it. I saw the insane run out. Oh, by Reese Toplet. Yeah. It was so funny because on replay, it was actually out LBW. So he just like talks himself out of a wicket by pulling off an unreal run out. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically, part, I don't know if you've seen the replay, but Reese Toplet, bold. It hit the guy on the foot and then he defended it forwards. Reese Toffley kind of just knocked it with his hand and they went through for a quick single. And he then just like flicked the ball onto the stumps just with his hands and ran him out. It was just like mental reactions and it was quite good. But um, yeah, the game last night was pretty decent. England's batting was was all, all right. So they got skittled for 103 in the first game, 102, whatever. I can't Basically. actually believe how close it was in the end. Like, what was did the last over went for twenty seven? Yeah, so I was I was having a look at the stats today. England conceded seventy one off the last five overs. West Indies were eight down. I think it was forty odd off the last two. Yeah, like I think Morgan's come out and said England's death bowling's a problem. And by them stats, like it definitely is. Yeah, never he used al- to be though, did also, it? Yeah, no. He also came out and praised Mahmood in saying how he needs the experience. Because obviously, I think Mahmood did the last over. Yeah, and you can't say one thing and do like. I mean, I think it was like three sixes. He bowled two wides in the last over too, which didn't help. Yeah, they needed like. I think they needed 18 to... No. Yeah, they needed eight... No. 20 to win off the last three balls. Oh, right, yeah. And three sixes. And three sixes. <laughs> so England won by one run. I mean, as a batty, you can't really ask for more. He was like... He was the eighth in the order too, wasn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just absolutely mental. Like, how the fuck do you concede 71 off your last five overs when a team's laid down? He got 44 runs, that lad. That's I know, mental, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like we're talking about the tail wagging. Paul had gone for a duck, I think, and he's one of the most expensive players in the IPL. <laughs> but it's quite good because I, I remember Luke, I watched I watched pretty much most of the first game when they got just battered, and, they, and it was quite funny because the, the commentators were saying to Paul, I was like, what's going to be different in comparison to when we bowled you out for 56 in the World Cup? And then England nearly got bowled out for 56 on, on their off. I think they got 56, like six or something. Yeah. Yeah, mental. Like, But the only, not the only good thing, but like a shining light for England, I think, is they've obviously got quite a lot of players out. They're playing with quite a young squad because of the Ashes. Um, and then their arguably best player, I think, is probably the best player in that squad currently. Hasn't even played the first two games. Liam Livingston. So, mm. 
uh, when he comes back, he could do some serious damage, especially if it's a wicket like last night. I didn't really do loads once he got in. I mean, as the West Indian number eight showed, once you get in, you can hit him. And well, as, yeah. as Liam Livingston showed when he hit the, hit the ball over the football end stand at Headingley, he can hit them. <laughs> he can. He definitely can. There's something about um, Billings and how he's got to play in Barbados. You know, cause he came from the Ashes, didn't he? Yeah. He went from like Tasmania to was it Sydney, then flew over from Sydney. Yeah, he, he had, had like a stupid number of flights, didn't he? Yeah. Bit of dedication, yeah. though. I think he deserves to, a spot in the team just for his chat behind the wickets. Like, I think England have missed that. Like, Bairstow and Butler, like, as good players they are, especially in the one-day format, like, their chat, I don't think, is up, up, like, up to the level of what you want an international wicketkeeper to be. I mean, Tim Payne got Australian test captain just by being good behind the stumps of his chat. But he wasn't that good a keeper, and he was a shit batter. Yeah, that's so true. Like, Richard Pant as well, like, he he is a much better player just because he has some chat behind the stumps. I don't, I don't know if you saw it, but um, when he was playing for England, uh, Billings, he was, like, going, like, no run! And he was just doing it behind the stumps last night, just randomly, just like in between balls. I didn't clap that. That's funny. He's um, yeah. Hopefully he gets he gets a game. Yeah, I saw game. I saw a bit of rumble on Twitter today as well. Uh, the home to all my news because it's the only app I go on, apart from maybe Sky Sports News. Um, Morgan's averaging sixteen over his last eighteen T20s. And people are like, should he be dropped? Should he be picked as a specialist captain? A bit like Tim Payne was for Australia. What do we think? Pat, you're more um, well, more experienced regarding cricket to me. I wouldn't have a well, I wouldn't have a clue. I don't know who would you pick over him. Yeah, I think that would be my question. Who'd you pick over? I'm not sure about the whole specialist captain thing, like. But saying that, I'm, again, there's no one that I'd... There's not that many that I would pick in that team that are, like, captain material, if you know what I mean. Like, Moe's a bit of a stalwart, but I don't know whether he's, like, captain material. Yeah, I mean, he's captained Worcester, didn't he? Worcester Rapids won the T20 Blast a few years ago and he was the captain. But, like, if you look around the world, like, he's one of the only overseas captains in the IPL, Morgan, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's notoriously one of the best white ball captains in the world. But like that's what he's known as. Maybe just give him time. Like, I, yeah, you know, is it, know is it a bit it. of bad form or? Yeah. Like we've seen him play good cricket before, and I, I think like it's not like. I don't know. It's not like he's just got pumped at the Ashes five now. No. Yeah. Exactly. And. Um, and Root will be keeping his job probably because there's nobody else to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it'd be quite rough if you got rid of Root. I know just got beat like what? Well, four 0 should have really been five. I think it'd be quite difficult to to get rid of Root because there generally wouldn't be anyone to replace him. And up a bit pr- prior to this, he's pretty much carried England in everything he's done. So 
Yeah, and I suppose let's not forget that, like, okay, yeah, you didn't, like, personally, you didn't have the best Ashes series, but also, like, neither did the team. And, like, it's not on him to captain the team and also then, like, bat and, like, he needs to lead by example, but, like, it it's not his failings that have led to getting pumped 5 now. It's the team. Oh, no, definitely not. Oh, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's a long list of issues that does not start or end with Joe Root. So, no, yeah, exactly. picking out Joe Root out of that long list is just it's very much pretty much the way management's work at the minute in all sorts of sport. But yeah, I mean, he's been named ICC Test Cricketer of the Year today. So yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not doing bad. Like he did, he break the record for the most runs in a calendar year by an English player. Did he beat Vaughan's record? I think he might have done. He came close to the all-time record, I think. So yeah. he's got a break. Definitely not. Book's record, in it of most runs of all time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, it's a it's a big big task. Obviously, Cookie was a unreal player, but I do think Root's got a very good chance to do it. Yeah, I do think he. I do think he does. I sort of do. I feel bad saying this even, but like I sort of think um, Tom and Eddie of Hello Sport are right when they say, is he a leader of men? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I I also agree, but... I think I mean, he is. Did you not see him ripping and tearing at six o'clock in the morning in a hotel balcony? Well, yeah, I mean... That was an absolute ludicrous. How that got made into a story, fuck knows. Brad, I'd, I'd see you ripping and tearing on a hotel balcony at 6am, but I wouldn't follow you to battle. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. If anyone's, if anyone's there at that time, I'm doing it. If anyone's there at 6 o'clock in the morning, there's reasons why you're there at 6 o'clock in the morning, so you would follow anyone into battle. Especially yeah, at that and, time. And it's not to find out their intricate knowledge of how best to play a backwards cut shot. <laughs> Do you know what I like most about that video? That the other player there with him is Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, proper, not bothered. He, like he leads by example, doesn't he? He does lead by example. Um, I mean, it was just stupid. I, I thought it was like internationally known that after a test series, they always had like drinks together, or after the Ashes, you always have drinks together. I think, yeah, I, I think it's more the noise. They were getting noise complaints apparently, but they don't. Well, I don't really know them, but they don't seem like the shouty sort of lot. Do they? Probably just there having a quiet one with the boys. Probably having and a bit of a laugh and that. But... Definitely not talking about cricket. Talking about everything other than cricket. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some, you would. Like... Some Australians have made some farcical decisions in the past few few months or few years, really, especially around COVID. <laughs> but this has to be up there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But um, what else is going on in the world of cricket whilst we speak about the women's ashes are on? Yeah, new IPL team in luck now. Yeah, there's also Ahmedabad have got a new IPL team as well. Oh, of course, yeah. Franchises. That'll be exciting. So we've got Kale Rahul and luck now and Pandya, is it? Who's going to captain that Ahmedabad team? Yeah, Hardik Pandya. Yeah, and they've also got Rashid, Rashid Khan and Shubman Gill. And it's be interesting to look now. 
It will that's be a good, interesting. It's a do good you time of year, idea? that. Like, yeah, I, I, I do watch a fair bit of it, to be fair, when it's on. But like this year's interesting because like usually you can retain most of your squad. But I think this year they've only been able to retain three players maximum. Or yeah. four, depending on where you finished last year. And... Like everyone's going to auction, so like compared to last year, like the teams are just going to be completely like rejigged. But Stokes hasn't been retained, has he? He's he's up for. No, he's he's not it's going. Sweet. He's not playing. Or is he not? I didn't know no, that. No, he's, he's not. He's not put himself into the auction, which I think is the right decision. If he's is off the of cricket, injuries, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, he's coming. No, I think that's a wise choice. Seriously, like, for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, does he get into England's best T20 team at the minute? Potentially not. Will he? Is England's England's best cricketer in it? Yeah, but like, not in form. Yeah, like, I mean, he's not in like, form. Like, he's brilliant, a uh, fantastic cricketer, but like, at the moment he's just not in form. And like, I think it goes back to a point I feel quite strongly about, and he just he's been playing too much cricket. Yeah, that's why. I so you wouldn't if you if you named a T Twenty squad T Twenty team to play in the T Twenty final, you wouldn't have Stokes mm. batting four five or well, four five or six. I mean, to be honest, yeah. I probably wouldn't. Would you not? Because you've got Butler, Roy, Bearstow, Livingston, Morgan. So they're your five batters. And then you've got Moe these are all rounders, Jordan. Well, what, what is Jordan? and Liam Livingston, and then you've got your bowlers. You've already named Livingston twice. No, yeah, but he's like a, he can bowl. Like he's technically an all rounder. If you're asking that question, mm, interesting. But I just think sure. that he should do a Joe Root and just be a two format player for England. Yeah, agreed. Um, I also forgot Joe- David Milan. Of course, yeah. What would you what would you pick it? Would you pick it would he like one day around test. Test. Bit of interest in Ben Stokes trivia for you. Um guess which ex footballer's house that he, he lives in. Alan Shearer's. No. Kevin Phillips. Adam Johnson, the uh, uh convicted. Yeah, we're convicted. Uh, Convicted um, paedophile. CEO and founder of Prison FC. Yes. He's, he's not in prison anymore, is he? No, he's out. He's playing again, isn't he? Oh, I won't go that far. I don't know if I want to do all this because it's some sort of. He won't be playing professionally. You know, he's Griff, 34. He's around your house. Um, last thing on cricket, women's ashes. So, played one game. Um, two of them have been washouts. The test starts soon, which will be well. I mean, I said it'd be good, but it's overnight, so we won't be able to watch it. Um, but I've seen a lot of people giving, like I said, people a lot of men giving like misogynistic views on Twitter, and I think people just need to get a fucking life. I fucking love watching women's cricket. The hundred was class. So yeah, agreed. Just want, just want to say that's the that's the stand we'll we'll take going forward. 
I quite like watching, I know it's a bit of like a weird thing to say, but I actually quite like watching women's sport, like the rugby, rugby leagues, like, obviously it's not to the standard of the men's, but it's still good to watch. It's still of a standard. And when I went, I went to watch the 100 in, in July and it got, well, the men's got rained off, but we were watching the women's before and it's still good to, like a good watch. Yeah, yeah I thing, agree. One Sorry, thing mate. I think about women's cricket is, because, I mean, like, they are probably better cricketers than a lot of like the men's T20 players because they don't just like hit far and use power. Like Tammy Beaumont, like she's just like a beautiful cricketer to watch. Because she, she, plays she works, unreal like, shots. yeah, she works the field so nicely yeah. and like just works all the gaps. Yeah, it, it is quite nice to watch. I think, like, I think there's loads of stuff. Like, obviously, it sounds bad, but like. I'd have never watched it out of choice, but I like genuinely really don't mind watching it now. But like netball, like obviously netball is a difficult one because not a difficult one, but like Georgia gets quite wound up about the fact that like netball is not an Olympic sport because there's not a, an immense, like they feel that the men's equivalent of the sport is not like up to like the certain level that it needs to be, to be an Olympic sport. Um, but like we've been watching the quad series and like it's just unbelievable some of the stuff that like the skill and like athleticism that they have it's just silly yeah is that cricket that is cricket um what can we touch on now bit of a funny story in the week about rugby league Pat I'm not sure if you're aware of this a um a rugby league player got banned for two years so I can't play for two years. He retired in 2019. <laughs> Is there a more rugby league story? No, that that's 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 rugby league doing uh, doping bans. Yeah. Hold on. So he's been caught recently doing it. No. So he's come. So I think he's come out. I'm not sure if he's releasing a book or he's come out with some sort of article, um, blaming obviously governing bodies, whatever, about the protection of rugby league players and the drugs that are performing-enhancing drugs or narcotics that rugby league lads take and how it impacts, obviously, performance, like mental health and so on and so on. So he's come out with this article and then a couple of weeks later, they somehow tested tested a sample of his from, from years and years ago. I think it was from, like, 2017. So... If they were holding piss for that long, they deserve to get some story out of it. And then they've banned him for two years, but he's not even played since 20... He's not been well, he retired in 2019, so... I mean, it was a case of they tried to sort of cover the tracks so they are actively discouraging drugs in the sport, but at the same time, banning players that don't play the sport anymore. Where do you store piss for two years? <laughs> That's what I would know. And how much are you storing? <laughs> is there a big freezer in like part on part of the M62, maybe in the moors or something, where they just store every professional rugby league player's piss from the yeah. last 20, it, 30 fair, years? I mean, Saddleworth's like halfway along the M62, or there and thereabouts. So it might be, it might be around there. It might be that house in the middle of the M62 <laughs> near Saddleworth Moor. <laughs> that might just be a giant nah. freezer. 
Have you ever seen um, you know, Men in Black, where like he goes to the post office in that remote area, like a couple of years later, to try and find, what well, forget his name, and he goes in, and it's just like a post office that's just entirely full of aliens, and there's like a guy that's like, like he's got like seven arms, and he's just like firing out mail to all like these like letterboxes. I just imagine going into the house in the middle of the M62, and it just being like some weird. Like alien, yeah, a bit like Mossy Cantina with Star Wars. <laughs> band in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> if so, as stubbornness goes, that must be peak peak stubbornness. Yeah, it is peak stubbornness, but it's also um, peak pettiness. I think from like Highways England, who've gone. All right then, mate. If you're not <laughs> yeah. We'll just build around you. <laughs> build around you, making access to your house nigh on impossible, or you've got to do a big 30-round trip, go all the way into Huddersfield to come back round just to come off at your house. I it the other thing that I think about it, like it's all it's a bit it's a bit sad in some ways, but like he, he keeps sheep in the gap between the M62 and they've like turned black from all the pollute, like and it's just like, come on, mate, like just quit while you're ahead and Sell the land and move on. Well, like he's gone now. Land's useless now. Yeah. Like, who's going to buy that? that unless, was... uh, unless T Bear buy it, it make good T Bear services. You can't pull off anywhere. Let's get a coffee from that place in the between the M62. We'll have to pull off half an hour before we want to get. Yeah, to like it, like a nature walk, like at T Bear, wouldn't be the same. I'd love to know when he's. So High Rays England have gone to him and said, look, we'll give you X amount for your house. He's gone. Got a piece of paper. Wrote out the pros and cons of, of not moving <laughs> and gone. Right, pros. Keep keep my house. Don't have to buy a new house. Cons. The loudest fucking noises. 24-7. <laughs> access to my house being restricted to having a motorway either side of it. And he's gone. Nah, I want to keep this house. You've got to be so Was- self You've got to be so self-sufficient to actually justify. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy surrounded by him. He's never going to get robbed, is he? No, he's That's not going to get robbed. That was the pro that sold it to him. <laughs> was there, um, was there a road there? Like, was there a road there before they built it? Because I was thinking, like, if there wasn't a road there and it was just his gaff, like, it must have been a pretty spectacular place to live before the M62 was built there. Like, it's like perched on the side of a hill overlooking a reservoir. Like, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, as far as motorways go, I do think the M62, like, this is, this is going to be some dry chat. But the M62 is up there. But also, I know I just mentioned T-Bay, the M6 yeah. going up the lakes, up through the lakes. M6 north of Preston's beautiful. Ooh, oh, it is nice. What yeah. a drive. I did yeah. that the other week. Yeah. And then, and then if you carry on a little bit, the M74 from then from Carlisle to Glasgow isn't bad either. We're doing you... a chat on motorways next week. I feel like I could easily get an hour out of that. <laughs> yeah, motorways and A roads. Don't drive in East Anglia. It's so flat. It's not that great. <laughs> I I think you put M62 a bit too high up. There's too many accidents on M62. It's definitely better. But... I'm talking for views. Oh, Not right. Yeah, we drive over them boards. Yeah, yeah. It is lovely, isn't it? I think, like, yeah. I think what's funny about the 62, though, is whilst it's high on my list, the 60 is probably on the lowest, 
lower end of my my like the same list. Is that for Manchester to Warrington Liverpool way? No, uh, the sixties, the, the Manchester Ring Road. Oh yeah, Hor- horrific, <laughs> horrendous. The worst part of that is a bridge over past the Trafford Centre, just past all them sewage works. Yeah, I know you um, can see AJ Bell Stadium, Brad, and I know you're gonna mate. feel really upset by this, but <laughs> it's a shite part of the motorway. We'll have this conversation in a year's time, and I'll talk. I'll talk depths of the what, earth about what, that when you've been kicked out and don't play in Salford. <laughs> That's not Salford; it's Erlen. It's all the same. Erlen, Salford. No, we'll all be in proper. Same. Going to more lanes, so proper Salford then. In that Bury. No, that's... Oh, what's Barry's It's Presswich, isn't it, Morley? No, it's proper Salford. Is it? Yeah, it's where Salford City play. Yeah, but they don't play in... I'm sure it's Presswich. At least you're not Chester FC and you're playing Wales. At least you're not Chester FC and playing Wales. Postcode starts with M. M Jed, so M7. I'm classing that as Salford. What? I mean, my postcode starts with M. I live in Manchester. Yeah, you did used to live in Salford for a month or two. I did. But he still said you lived in Manchester, didn't you? I said I lived in Media City, actually. <laughs> I'm nice and cultured like that. What a flat. Great flat, great oh, view. Great flat. Spent all of an hour or so in there, but lovely, lovely. Missed the start of the grand final, and you weren't happy. Who goes and watches rugby? Grand final and doesn't go just to sing Jerusalem. It's all right to do. Yeah, the other three people I was with. Yeah, Pat. What do you think about the Newcastle dominance in the transfer window? As a Newcastle fan. See, that smirk there. Yeah. Lingard and Costa. Yeah, that was a smirk. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a... It was a smirk. Um, I think the smirk, the, the reason that I'm smirking is because um, on Friday afternoon, I used all the time I have available quite well. As I was texting Brad, I watched um, extended highlights of Newcastle under-19s play against Colchester under-19s. And then that was followed by a 27 minutes worth of Eddie House pre-Leeds United press conference where people were like, oh, you've been linked with this person and that person. And he was like, you've just got to laugh it off at this point because it's just it's just silly. Like, I'd, like, yeah, it's one thing it is nice to see. It's nice to see Newcastle on the gossip column with some just ridiculous claims next to them. Like, it, in some ways, it's nice to see because it's funny, but it's just not believable. So you don't think Lingard and Costa are possibles? Costa, I didn't know. I, th- I didn't know that Costa was in the frame. I think um, not, like Costa not from Diego. Sevilla. Yeah, Carlos. Defender. Diego Carlos. What? Where have you got Carlos from? This from Sevilla. That's Costa, isn't it? No, nah, it's Carlos. Brad, if you've set me up here bad bit by this note, I'm not going to be happy. She's like Aaron Ramsey, but in reverse. <laughs> I mean, this guy doesn't play in the UK. So... Diego Carlos. Pat, is that who it is? Is that the defender? 
I mean, it is Diego Carlos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think getting a win against Leeds on Saturday um, hopefully has helped us out getting getting signings in. Like it's like obviously you don't wish anything upon anyone in a bad way, but like I'm kind of it's kind of interesting. Like in terms of Everton and Watford now sacking their managers, like I don't think I don't think. Everton are in danger, that much danger. But like, I think it's nice to just see a bit of disruption because I think it means like we've got a, a game at Everton coming up. We've got like games coming up where we can steal a few points. And I think, don't know, I think it'll be interesting. I think one thing that's throwing everything off though, like in the whole of the Premier League, well, particularly at the bottom because it's quite tight, is because quite a lot of games were cancelled over COVID. There's some teams that have played 23 games and others that have played like 18. And it's just like, it's hard to. Judge it. Know how it's all going to get like settled in the end. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was looking at the table and saw Burnley played 17 games, whereas Norwich have played, played 22. Uh, that's that's yeah. five games. Obviously, Burnley aren't going to win all of them, but you see, that's 15 points. That puts them at mid table. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you just don't know who's going to be there at the end of the season. Um... Touching on your transfers, I was reading an article earlier. Obviously, you signed Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood, and they have the same agent as Deli Alley and obviously Deli Alley's coming out saying he wants to sign for him. So we've got an agent here he's just gone instead of doing what Viola does in flogging him to ev- to all clubs and getting 40 million a piece he's just gone sell him as a multi pack I won't get 33% extra a, tr- a, tr- a triple pack just going I've got a list here who do you want and I'll sort it out for you it's not a yeah. bad option that it's like going into a pub and selling your DVDs Got one, two, three, four, five. How many do you want? And it is, it is, it's, it's. This is boring Newcastle-related chat, and I feel like we've done this every time we've we've met up now and done the pod. But when I was one, when I was on my bike on Sunday morning, what? I went Did past there. <laughs> I didn't see Alan Shearer, but um, I saw like this massive unmarked jet at uh, Newcastle Airport, and then um, the Newcastle team have flown to Saudi Arabia. On yeah. like a a private jumbo jet, and like I was looking at pictures of like obviously not it probably isn't that one, but like like a private A three twenty turned into like a like a jet that's meant to seat like one hundred and sixty people for like wow well, like multi millionaires, and it's absolutely mental. Like some of them you can like drive a car into the back of, and like some of them got like saunas in and stuff. It's daft. Just think of the hospitality they'll be getting in Saudi Arabia right now. Silly, that, that will be daft. Yeah, that would be daft. Uh, talk about transfers. I just want to say that last week I called the Steven Gerrard getting the band back together. The day you after did. it came out that Luis Suarez <laughs> being linked to Aston, Aston Villa. Yeah, so, that was absolutely yeah. mad. He is getting the band back together. We have timestamp proof, Jed, that you said it well before BBC Sport released it as an article. So, yeah, if they want some more mail going onto these stories, they can sign me up. <laughs> I just want to touch on that. The impact Gerard is having at Villa is ridiculous as a manager, but really just the pull he's having in signing these absolute like out, like Coutinho to, to Villa is just an outrageous mm-hmm. signing. But I don't, it is mental, but. The Villa bosses are actually re- really, really like rich, aren't they? It's good that they're backing him as well. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, they didn't back. Who was it before? Dean Smith. Not back to him. Did, well, they didn't really back him, did they? 
No, yeah, but he's not he's not got the same pull as Coutinho. He sounds like someone that should be on a fruity down at the Crown and Horses. <laughs> <laughs> Looks it too, to be fair. But no, I think Gerard's doing this is quite painful as an Everton fan, but he's doing some job there. He did a good job at Rangers, obviously stopping uh Celtic doing ten in a row. And now he's doing some wonders at Villa. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't know much about his Rangers career, but like apparently did similar things in terms of brought players in that previously people would be like, oh, he never, they never would have played for Rangers. But like, I took the four there, didn't he? Yeah, took, yeah, he took the four there. He took half Arnfield those from Burnley, who's like proper end of the career. I think Gary Whelan might have gone, like proper old Liverpool. I think he played for Liverpool. I played for, he used to play for Stoke. He just took random players there and he just made a class team out of it. Yeah, he did all well, right. Not a, class I think, team, um, a Scottish class team. Yeah, I think when you look though at like Villa's starting lineup, like, they're not bad. Like you know, they're, like they're not a bad. Like I don't think they were a terrible side for like Gerard to inherit. To be fair, like I don't no, like. Yeah. I think he's making an all right side better rather than like a terrible side. Okay. Do you think it helps that the players will buy into it? We'll buy into not like we'll just buy into the, the product of Steven Gerrard because obviously Liverpool fan a bit biased, but like he is renowned, renowned around the world as being one of the best English midfielders of all time. Who Gerrard? Yeah, what you say, he's yeah, one of the best midfielders like, of all yeah. English midfielders. Yeah, why? No, I'm saying, do you think that helps his cause of people buying into what he say, what he's saying? Like, do people respect him more, yeah. like, it's without him having to prove anything? Managerial track record, because as you said, he built an all right team in Scotland. Um, he's, do you know what? He, yeah, he's, probably just, he's probably just got a ridiculous football mind, and he's just got that sort of know-how of what he needs, what he wants, what he wants out of the players, how to get out of the players, so... Yeah, it probably does help him. It's probably helped him be the player he was. I know he didn't win the Premier League, but... Just wanted to get that in there, did you? Yeah. After giving, yeah. him, giving him a compliment. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I, it definitely yep. helps, I, doesn't it? Yeah, just nip it in the bud, though, Brad, because we'll be talking about Istanbul soon. So I'd rather just move on. I was literally just about to bring it up. I was going to say, how many, how many Champions League have um, Everton won? For you to come back from 3-0 down, you'd have had to concede three goals in the first place, so very much a catch-22, isn't it? Uh, still one. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I think I think that's us, boys. Yeah, I think it's been a nice little ramble on about Cupid's topics, touched on all our documentaries. I think definitely something for the next podcast is definitely tying in a lot of what's happening over in America with the NFL. Yeah. And, and then we've got the Six Nations and the Winter Olympics to look forward to. And then the return of RL. Oh. Expect a lot of yarn about that. Yeah. You'll be able to test my mood if I'm in a happy mood. But oh, guys, thanks very much. Um, yeah, nice. We'll see you next time. Speak soon. Yeah. Cheers, Colin. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. What?
Why does he not get? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a muppet. Second time in a week. Second time on the bounce. So what what should we do? Oh, he's back. I realised what I did the second I did it. <laughs> we just we need just a bit of a debrief and a bit of an admin chat.